It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. A red tsunami? More like a slight ripple. America spoke and said, fascism not wanted here. The corporate media wanted a horse race. They quoted partisan polling and, as usual, echoed right-wing talking points to make it appear that a so-called red wave was inevitable. But as we await some final tabulations, the results are pretty clear. The American people are sick of Donald Trump and his incessant lies. At press time, control of both houses of Congress is still far from settled. Either way, it appears to be an even more closely divided Congress than the 117th. It's too early to call some of the key races, including in Nevada, Georgia and Arizona, that could determine which party controls those chambers. But let me fill you in on some of the races that defied the pundits, prognostications, and prevarications. But we'll start with a choice on choice. In the wake of the extreme court overturning Roe, several states voted on ballot initiatives on reproductive rights. California, Michigan, and Vermont all voted to officially include reproductive freedom in their state constitutions. Kentucky has one of the strictest abortion bans in the country, but voters there on Tuesday rejected a constitutional amendment saying that it does not protect the right to abortion. That referendum is similar to the one that Kansas voters decisively rejected in August. In Montana, they had a ballot referendum that would impose criminal penalties on health care providers who do not act to preserve the life of infants born during the course of an abortion. At press time, with an estimated 64 percent of the vote in, the measure was going down 54 to 46 percent. Now on to the big contests. We'll get the bad news out of the way first. Florida is no longer a purple state. As one who's lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, I can say that this is officially opposite world. The governor, who cruised to an easy 20-point victory over Charlie Crist, touts his COVID response is keeping Florida free, while in actuality this ranks among the states with the highest COVID death rates in the country. There was one bright spot from Florida, actually from the Orlando area, where Maxwell Frost is being hailed as the first Gen Z member of Congress. He's just 25, a progressive activist of Puerto Rican, Lebanese, and Haitian descent. My opinion, as I exit state left, the Florida Democratic Party is useless, and all of its leaders should resign or be kicked out of office so the party can start over. Moving on to Pennsylvania, one of the biggest swing states of the cycle, the Democrat John Fetterman defeated Trump-backed Republican TV doctor Mehmet Oz, 50 to 47 percent. In the gubernatorial race, Democrat Josh Shapiro easily pulled away from the maggot, bigot, anti-Semite, fascist Doug Mastriano, 55 to 42 percent. Things didn't go as well in Ohio, where J.D. Vance, the guy who used to call Trump America's Hitler, changed his strategy and embraced the grift. Well, he beat the Democrat Tim Ryan 53 to 47 percent. Incumbent governor, Republican Mike DeWine, won re-election. But he's actually more of an old school Republican who wasn't afraid to challenge the maggot crowd. In Wisconsin, incumbent Ron Johnson appears to have eked out a win over Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes by one point. 50 to 49. But the Wisconsin governor's race easily went to the incumbent, Democrat Tony Evers, who won re-election 51 to 48 percent. Oh, and the races for attorney general and secretary of state in Wisconsin are still too close to call. Now, the state I'm most closely focused on is Arizona, where the Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake has 
has been blatant in her Trumpism. Just days ago, she intimated that she'd only accept the results of this election if she won. Well, the former TV newsreader is at press time trailing the Democrat, Katie Hobbs, 51 to 49 percent. That's with 72 percent of the votes in. In the Senate race, the incumbent Democrat Mark Kelly is maintaining a solid 52 to 46 percent lead over Blake Masters. And the Secretary of State and Attorney General races are also favoring the Democrats, with 25 to 30 percent of the votes still to come. And then there's Georgia, where incumbent Senator Democrat Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker are in an almost dead heat. Warnock is leading with 99 percent of the vote in. It's 49.4 to 48.5 percent. If neither crosses the 50% mark, they'll be forced into a December runoff election. It's an interesting dynamic in the state races across Georgia, where incumbent Governor Republican Brian Kemp handily defeated Stacey Abrams 53 to 46%. And incumbent Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, the Republican on the receiving end of the former guy's perfect call, imploring him to find some 11,000 votes to flip the race in his favor easily won re-election 53 to 44%. There was a pretty major loss for the House Democrats as Sean Patrick Maloney, the chair of the DCCC, was defeated by Republican state lawmaker Mike Lawler. Maloney served five terms as a congressman, and I'll just leave it there. New Hampshire has become the first state in U.S. history to elect a transgender man. Democrat James Rosner won his race to represent New Hampshire House District 22, Ward 8. He's one of a record number of trans candidates who ran for office this year. While we're in New Hampshire, incumbent Senator Democrat Maggie Hassan beat back the challenger, the maggot Republican Don Bolduc, for a second term. Maryland elected its first black governor in Westmore, and he kicked out a Republican to win. Maryland also voted to legalize recreational weed. Maura Healy of Massachusetts is the first out lesbian elected to a governorship in the country. She's also the first female governor of Massachusetts. Summer Lee successfully fought back against all that questionable dark money from APAC and DMFI to defeat her to become the first black elected woman to Congress from Pennsylvania. Michael Bennett won a third term in the Senate from Colorado. In Texas, Greg Abbott beat Beto O'Rourke again for another term as governor. Some ballot initiatives. Missouri legalized possession, cultivation, and licensed retail sale of cannabis for people 21 and over. That vote marks the first time that voters in a Midwestern state have ever decided in favor of a citizen's initiative legalizing marijuana for adult use. But... North Dakota, South Dakota, and Arkansas all voted against it. Five states voted on whether to ban slavery. Yeah, really. Voters in Alabama, Tennessee, and Vermont voted yes to stripping their state constitutions of language that permits slavery as a form of punishment or means to repay debts. In Oregon, yes was leading, but it was too early to call as of Wednesday morning. Louisiana, thankfully, voted no. In Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer defeated Republican Tudor Dixon to win a second term. In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul gets another term as she easily beat Republican Lee Zeldin. And then there's this. It's not a done deal yet, but with an estimated 90 percent of the votes in, in Colorado's third congressional district, it appears that Democrat Adam Frisch has beaten incumbent 
Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Right now, again, with 90% of the vote in, it stands at 50.88% to 49.12. Come on, Colorado. And finally, Tropical Storm Nicole is expected to slam into Florida's east coast right around Palm Beach which coincidentally is where Mar-a-Lago is located, as a possible Category 1 hurricane. Mar-a-Lago has been told to evacuate. Nearly 4 million people along Florida's east coast are under hurricane warnings as Nicole makes landfall today. I think the universe is trying to send Donald Trump a message. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button. 